Welcome to Kim Reads and Talks. Now you will hear Kim read a chapter from the book Beyond the Echo Cavern, written by Brianna Teschendorf. Enjoy. Hello. Beyond the Echo Cavern by Brianna Teschendorf, read by Kim Droptini, and I'm on chapter 13 of The Driplet Tree. As the children rounded the bend, a very large tree came into view. Rivers told them that this was the driplet tree. It was one of the largest trees they had seen in Purdamayan, and to their disappointment, one of the plainest. It had brown bark and apple green leaves, very much like the trees you and I know. Furthermore, they could only see a normal girl sitting under it. That's it? asked Charlie, crestfallen. Yes, indeed, Rivers answered him cheerfully, not noticing his tone of disappointment. As they approached the tree, they smelled something like honey. The closer and they got, excuse me, they got closer and realized that there was a thick sap dripping from the leaves of the trees. It fell like glue, leaving a long, thin, syrupy trail behind each drop. I see why you call it the driplet tree, said Annika sagely, smirking at Charlie and feeling clever. Can we eat the drops? Um, no, said Rivers. Pickles, said Charlie, coming to a stop and raising his voice to a soaring height. What has any of this got to do with my vision and Hoan? Normally, the tree would have fascinated him, but Charlie was the person with a one-track mind. If he happened to be interested in the solar system, nothing could stop him from talking and thinking about the solar system. For this reason, he wasn't very good in school, even though he was intelligent. It has everything to do with Ho-On, Charlie, Rivers said, his eyes taking on their serious look. It would take days to walk to Hoan's palace. If we have something serious to tell him, we send it to him in a driplet. Huh? Charlie asked in a way that sounded to Annika like Aunt Persephone when she couldn't hear. I will show you, Rivers said, proceeding towards the tree. Ahoy, Hymenia! We have a vision, he hollered toward the, towards the tree theatrically. Ahoy, Rivers, came a theatrical voice back. Then you have come to the right place. A little girl jumped up from under the tree. She had a long, terrifically bright orange hair, and especially in the dark shadow of the tree, a very bright glow about her. She ran towards them laughing. Hi, friend, she said, giving Rivers a hug. It has been a while. Yes, he said, smiling at her. Who is this? This, said Rivers, stepping aside and gesturing to them as if making a grand presentation, is Annika? Annika curtsied, feeling very dramatic. And this is Gabe and Charlie, Rivers concluded. The boys both just waved and smiled. And this, now Rivers moved both hands, Palms up in a circle towards the girl is Hymnia, 
We have been friends for a long time. How do you do? she asked as she bowed. They came through from the dark side of the cave yesterday, Rivers continued the introduction. Annika and Gabe are royal. Yes, I have heard about them, she answered deeply, with no intention of hiding that the newcomers were being talked about far and wide. I have red hair too, Charlie said to her. Indeed you do, she said, returning to her dramatic tone. Then we will be friends. Now come, 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 no time for delay. Let's send this vision to Ho'on. Of course he gave it to you, so he knows it is coming. He just loves to give us reasons to talk to him, she explained in a sing-song voice. Himnia specializes in communication with Ho'an. She has spent a lot of time with him and sent him many visions, so she has a lot to tell us about what he is like, Rivers explained. I thought all adopted children had spent time with him, said Annika. They have, explained Himnia, but we all have different things we are good at. I am good at direct communication with him. Rivers is our chief security guard. He is very wise and helps to keep things from the darkness. In the darkness, she concluded with a giggle. Then she hastily added, except, of course, children like you who want to be here. Okay, said Gabe. Now who had the vision, she asked in a silly, overly deep voice turning business-like. Now who had the vision? I did, said Charlie. Okay, then let's get to work, she said, and she did an about-face and headed back towards the tree. She sat back down on what looked like a pillow made of flowers that were as fresh as the day they blossomed. River sat down beside her, so, of course, the other three did the same. Surprisingly, none of the drips from the tree fell directly onto them, but golden gooey drops dripped slowly down all around them. Gabe really wanted to catch and taste some on the tip of his finger, but he was afraid of what Rivers would say. He thought he would sneak back later to try it. From the pocket of her white muslin pinafore, Himnia pulled out a twig that looked golden. Then she reached over to a yellow flower growing nearby and pulled off one single petal. Then she turned to Charlie very seriously and said, Tell me the vision. Um... Yeah, okay, said Charlie, somewhat confused by Himnia's actions. He pulled himself together and began to tell her about his new favorite topic, the vision. He told it this time with even more detail and excitement than he had the night before. Annika and Gabe watched Himnia in fascination. She seemed to be writing directly on the flower petal, but she wasn't really writing letters. It almost looked like drawing given the way the twig moved randomly here and there. They could see that something like golden lines and streaks would appear on the petal where she touched it, but then they faded away, leaving the petal looking fresh and ordinary. At last, Charlie finished his narrative and stopped to take a breath, but just as quickly he started talking again. Hey, you didn't even write it down, he exclaimed, noting the blank petal in her hand. Oh, but I did. Every detail, she assured him, nodding. 
Ho'an knows exactly how to read this. Now watch, I will send it to him. The children watched in silence. Charlie with his mouth open as she stood up and picked up a long stick that looked like very thin bamboo with ridges all along it, except that it was also golden. The stick was hollow, and she held it up to one of the honey drips coming from the tree and began to blow. The drip slowly began to turn into a thick-looking bubble, which was, also, which was also swirling with golden sparkles. Oh, it's so lovely, Annika sighed. When the bubble was about the size of an apple, Himnia took the flower petal and inserted it into the end of the resplendent bamboo stick and then gave a little blow until the petal appeared inside of the bubble. Impossible, Charlie exclaimed, even though he was seeing it with his very own eyes. Himnia winked at him. Then she walked out from under the tree and gently separated the bubble from the stick with her finger. Now, let's blow it all up, she said. Everyone joined in, blowing the bubble up. Gabe blew as hard as he possibly could, thinking that perhaps he might be able to pop the bubble with force. Of course, the thick sap that formed the bubble couldn't be destroyed as easily as our soap and water bubbles. Up and up the swirling orb until it was caught on the wind. Up and up went the swirling orb until it was caught on the wind and blew away from them over an open field of tall bluish grass that trembled like ripples of a lake in the gentle wind. But how does the bubble actually get to Hoan? Charlie stammered. The wind takes it to him, Charlie, Himnia answered. As if, as if this were obvious. The wind might change directions or just blow it into a tree or... Charlie, she interrupted. Hoan knows that this message is on the way to him. He tells the wind its job. The messages always arrive safely. Charlie sighed in resignation, but he didn't like it at all. He would have preferred the two days walk to the palace and to bang on Hoan's door with all his might. If you asked his opinion right then, he would have told you that all the kids at Pertamayan were loopy and in need of a good education. Well, what do we do now? he demanded. I'm going to ride pony bogs, Gabe answered him. Gabe, Annika protested. Rivers might have something he needs us to do now. You're always only thinking of yourself. I am not, Gabe retorted with feeling. Sensing the need to interject, Rivers raised his hand and said, No, I think riding the puny bogs and going swimming now would be a great idea. I know you're in a hurry, Charlie, but all we can do now is wait for Hoan's response. Wait, wait, wait. That is all we have done since we got here, Charlie said in frustration. Waiting is beautiful, Charlie, Himnia said, laying her hand on his shoulder in friendship and comfort. It gives us time to rest and have fun. Charlie only grunted in response. You wanted to explore Nakanar today, Charlie, Annika reminded him. You will enjoy Nakanar, Charlie, Rivers assured him. I knew from the first that the two of you would hit it off. 
fine, Charlie conceded, folding his arms. Before you go, I have one more thing to say, Hymnia said, holding up one finger to interject. Speak then, Hymnia, said Rivers, returning to the theatrical. I shall, good man, she smiled at him, then turned to Charlie, laid her hand on his shoulder and looked deeply into his eyes. Charlie, there is a song inside your stomach that you were born with, a song that you might be a little afraid of, or maybe you don't know that it is there. Charlie, you need to look deep down and find that song, and when you do, sing it with all your might. Sing as loud as you can, she concluded loudly and breathlessly. The light that shone from her was more vibrant than ever. Charlie looked embarrassed, mostly because Hymnia was a girl, and a little bit because the idea of singing, singing a song loudly was horrible to him. Hmm, okay, he murmured. What about me? Gabe asked, looking gravely at Hymnia. Don't I have a song in my stomach? Oh, yes, Gabe, you do. A very special song. In fact, you have many, many songs, don't you? I think you already know your songs. Yeah, he smiled sheepishly, but happy that Hymnia acknowledged him. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's get going with the fun and rest, said Rivers, back to his usual cheery voice. Bye, Hymnia. See you later. Ta-ta, they called as they turned around to go back to the bush with octopus arms to meet their new friends for adventures of swimming, riding, and exploring. And that's the end of chapter 13. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful story beyond the Echo Cavern. And I hope to see you in chapter 14. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Kim read a chapter from the book Beyond the Echo Cavern by Brianna Teschendorf. Beyond the Echo Cavern is available in print and digital form on the website diversebreakthrough.com. That is diversebreakthrough.com. If you want to show your appreciation, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so more people can discover Kim Reads and Talks. Thank you and come back tomorrow for yet another chapter.